9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Hey guys, I'm excited. Are you excited? Well, if you're not, you should be because this is a real episode of Go Plug Yourself. Yes, that's right. Guests are back. Remember guests? They were great. Um, To kick off our return to having guests on the show, we are super excited to have hosted uh, Coco Galore and Ophira Kaloff. Uh, They came on the show to talk about our cities on our stages, which is uh, in diversity and inclusion symposium that is being put on by bad dog theater that starts tomorrow on august 7th you can register for free on their website all the details are in the blog post uh coco and ophira came on we talked about comedy uh, the state of uh inclusivity in comedy in general and what that means online and a bunch of other things and there's a train going by right now so i'm just going to stop talking uh enjoy the show check out our cities and our stages Uh, all the information is in the blog post or just uh, google uh, bad dog bad dog theater.com or google uh, ocoos 2020 there's a million ways to get it enjoy the show go plug yourself you plug another plugger go plug yourself you plug another plugger go plug yourself you plug another plugger Oh, so Chris, podcast is starting. We're back. You know, it has been actual months since our last guests. It's because we didn't have any friends. And now (laughs) we found two. I made three friends in the comedy world. I asked them all to be the hosts of my podcast. And then I was like, crap. I have no guests anymore. (laughs) They all just co-host my show. Oh, man, I think it's it's good to be back. I was starting to get antsy that we hadn't had guests on in a really long time. I was like, uh, our listeners have been actually faithful, which I was not sure they would be because we went like eight episodes without any guests. And I was like, it's going to this podcast is going to live or die on whether or not they before, like us as hosts. Before we bring we up did our guests, okay. we did. And I think the clincher for you is when you were like, I got to find some guests was yeah. when I suggested it in the chat. You know, very seriously, let's do a two-part series on the Fast films. <laughs> it was, it was the day. We did a, two parts on the Marvel universe. I had a half universe. hour on The Rock and Vin Diesel and what their beef means <laughs> for the world. Uh-huh. And you were like, we're not doing that. And we're going to have guests again. And that broke my heart. I was like, <laughs> that's such – It's they have eight movies and a spinoff with a ninth coming and a promise to go to space, we could have done easily three three episodes on that. But like the worst part is, is we easily could have. We could have just, once we got going, we would just be like... We'll save start. it for the second wave. Okay. Oh, buddy. <laughs> don't, don't say second wave. Um, so our guests, our first guest back, uh, from the to back to the normal guest cycle. We got two for you. That's Coco Galore and Ophira Kaloff. No, Kaloff. Damn. <laughs> uh, and you guys are representing the. I, I've, 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 I, in my head, I've just started calling it Okus. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if anyone says it out loud like that, but it's just written like O C O O S. And I think. Yeah, we actually like... just say the letters out O C O O S. Yeah. <laughs> Until now, now it's Okus. Okus. I like that too. It sounds so. Um... Our so exotic and foreign. <laughs> yes, our cities on our stages, um, yeah. which is a 
symposium that the Bad Dog Theater puts on yearly. And one of the things I think that this, uh, so first of all, I was like, what's a symposium? Um, was like my first like reaction. So I, I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. Uh, Ooh. And they used to at um, at their like a special assembly days for like entire day long Jehovah's Witness events. They would have symposiums where they were like you'd have four or five speakers like discussing like a Bible topic <laughs> or whatever. So I was like, if if not for that childhood memory, I would probably not know what a symposium. <laughs> What? This is exactly that. We are one of the 144,000. Oh, deep Jehovah's Witness cut. <laughs> so the, the, our, our regular listeners know that I'm silently shaking my head because anytime you get a chance to work in your Jehovah's Witness angle, in any possible situation or conversation we're having. Luckily, unique, I know. It was a unique right? upbringing. That's all I'm saying. It is. It is a unique upbringing. Yeah, I think Michael Jackson and Prince were both also brought up like that, I or at one point were Jehovah's Witnesses. At one point, were, like, Prince. I know. So I know Michael Jackson. Does Buzzfeed have Does Buzzfeed have an article top ten most influential Jehovah's Witnesses? Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. So I know Michael Jackson was in youth, but like Prince mm-hmm. was in later life. Like yeah. Like, like I, Prince, I just know at some point both of them were Jehovah's Witness. Can you imagine just them knocking on your door? I don't know people had it. Where it was sort of like Prince would have like bodyguards with him and whatever because like a big mandate. That Prince, comes, that Prince comes with like twelve guys and it's like the mandates of the Jehovah's Witnesses is like that's why witnesses in the term is you're supposed to like bear witness so you're supposed mm-hmm. to go out. Like I guess Prince was like I'm not doing it right if I'm not going out and spreading the word. So like Prince would come knocking on your door. You'd be like, hey Prince, like. There's, I, I got some. I, I got some fun. I, hold on, I got some. Ranker has some interesting. I don't know if this is real or not. No, Ranker.com. Is it? If, if the photo, one of my all time, like, there's a photo at one of those assemblies of Prince and another Jehovah's Witness who is I can't remember the name, but it was a member of Sly and the Family Stone. So it's like Prince and a member of the Sly and the Family, like Sly and the Family Stone, at one of those like a Jehovah's Witness convention. Wow. Like, kind of towards the back and you're like whoa and everybody's just sort of like trying to like act like that's any kind of normal yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's not it's not about to break into a real prince concert yeah exactly i'm like how do you sit there and like listen to a, a, a guy up on stage just like just talking when you're like get on stage prince this will be so much better like, yeah who are the 10 people <laughs> there's 28 i'm not gonna go through all of them but there's some 20? of the ones that's 20, 20 notable 28 on record 28. Whoa. 20. Okay, uh, let's do like 10 to number one. I just want to hear yeah, like yeah. the top 10 people. Serena, Serena Williams. <laughs> what? Are they Serena Williams. Raised. Michelle Rodriguez. That's Donald from Glover. Fast and Furious. Donald, okay, not surprised. I know, another fast shout out. What up, what up, Keith? Uh, Prince, Michael Jackson, Dwight Eisenhower. Really? Uh, yeah, Jerry Hollowell. Oh, yeah, Terrence Howard, nice uh, Naomi Campbell. <laughs> what? It's all over the place. This <laughs> Can you imagine Naomi Campbell showing up at your door? Yeah. <laughs> ja Rule. Wow. Not That's surprised. Not surprised about Ja Rule. No. I mean, it's kind I'm, of. I'm insane. really only surprised about Naomi Campbell and Serena Williams. I'm well. Uh, not surprised. 
Yeah, Selena Gomez was like a, a mouseketeer. Like there was a whole wholesome yeah. thing. I think that was part of her like gimmick. Yeah. Apparently famous Canadian model, uh, and it's funny because it's because of our guest today, Coco Rocha. Oh, Coco Rocha was is, a thing? Oh, okay. Was a thing, sorry. Was a joke? <laughs> With apologies to our Sorry, Coco Rocha. Our apologies to, uh, to the Rocha hive. <laughs> and uh, baseball player Lou Whitaker. I would around out the top ten. See, I was I was with you until you went to sports. Like other than Serena Williams, don't name me a sports name. I'm like, oh, I don't even know who Lou Whitaker is. I okay, have, okay, I, have a big I, I don't know. So oh. Also, earlier uh, you were talking about you guys were talking about doing the MCU. I actually just did MCU in chronological order. Oh wow! Good. Yeah, how, how was that? It was interesting because I've seen the movies. Like okay. I had, I didn't seen all of them, but I had seen them, and like I didn't even realize the whole big plot of like Infinity and Endgame was in all the movies. Yeah, and I did not realize that. I was like, "Who's like you know you're watching it, and then a year later you forget who's that guy? What's a purple stone? You don't remember. <laughs> then you see it all. You're like, oh shit, this is." Like, can you imagine expanding three phases and telling one big plot plus all those little subplots? hundred percent. Like that, that was, I am one of the people who did not love like infinity war slash Endgame. but mm-hmm. he's one of the four, the four people. But the fact that it wasn't like a complete disaster was still impressive to me. Like, cause right. because of that, because they were tying in so many like arcs and characters and you're like, yeah, oh, there's, main characters in this film and like the fact that it wasn't like a complete and total shit show yeah was like impressive on its own even as even as someone was like eh, like i was like there was problems whatever but i was like but it, it could have been such a mess like, it I mean, you guys, like yeah they like, really plotted that really well to, to tie it, was like a- tie it into i guess uh, a little bit of what what you do coco i was like um when you're like improving a scene it's hard in like a like a five to ten minute scene to pull it together. Yeah, <laughs> at the end, <laughs> over like you know, fifteen like, years, oh, man, we stuck, we stuck it. We remember the thing from minute one, and like and brought it back. We stuck the landing on this on this scene, and you're you like, you feel no, so we special stuck, when you do that. <laughs> we stuck the landing on twenty seven films or whatever. <laughs> it's so it's so like intricate, and also like when you rewatch it and you know all the stuff they mention each other. And all of them, I won't lie. Like there were those, those two that I refuse. I refuse to watch Ant Man. I just refuse. And I love oh. Paul Rudd. I just refuse. I'm like, I can't bring myself to do it. Even sadder um, because it would have been an Edgar Wright film, and then like because of creative differences, he bounced, and then like someone else finished it off. So like, what's the other? Supposed, what's yeah, the other one? Supposed to be an Edgar Wright movie. The other so one I, is, I, that was the one I had so much promise for, and then ended up being like middling. The new, the other one is the new Spider Man. So both of them? Yeah, I haven't watched Ant Man or the new Spider Man. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I, I was just like, I haven't watched new Spider Man either. I was just like, eh, do I really? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> watching the Spider Verse. And I, I haven't seen that yet. I want to watch that. Yeah, Into the Spider Verse um, is. Very good. I heard that's really good. I heard yeah. that's really, really good. And my next plan is to watch. I don't know if you follow me on Twitter. You, I'm, I'm doing all these like very 
white guy movie lines. So, <laughs> so but you're skipping Spider Man. That's the most Spider Man is the most white guy superhero. Like I ever. tried to watch Star Trek, and it was like from in the 60s and it was so misogynistic i was like i have to come back to this and then i just went online and i'm gonna tell you this i've never had more white guys tweet at me than when i said i was watching star trek oh i bet oh my god <laughs> all these comedians are like you're watching star trek oh let us know when you get to this episode oh you're gonna love just just white guys <laughs> it's like italians with sopranos yes <laughs> Oh, you're watching, bro, bro. Call me in season three. <laughs> I was, I was gonna like Star Trek is a weird one though because it's one of those things where, especially when you, I mean, especially the series in the '60s, is it was very like it was very much of like, oh, we're gonna make like an inclusive show, but it was only like white people making the call, like yeah. you know. So it was like it's like uh, they're absolutely like they're. It's like A for effort in the 60s, I guess, but like it does not hold up. And you're like, oh no, this is just complete misogyny and not really, not really progressive or anything. But I'm trying to, like, if I think back to like, obviously, there was like first interracial kiss on television and stuff. Like right. it was like just even a diverse cast with, cast with like multiple people of color on the cast. You're like, it, it was like, if it, if it came out today, we'd be like, no, know, what are you how, doing? I don't know how forward the multiple term is. What? I mean, there was like two. Okay, yes, there was. <laughs> Like a bare minimum for to use the word. That, that was a lot. A, for the 60s. That was a lot more than most shows in the sixties had, though. Like we're not counting the Russian. <laughs> there was a Scottish guy in engineering. <laughs> so, so what I ended up doing was I'm gonna go back to Star Trek because I couldn't do it. And what I did do was I asked, you know, the Twitter feed. I was like, okay, guys, I can't get through this. Please just send me the top ten episodes I should watch, and and I got I got a list, so I'm just gonna watch those ten episodes, and that's of and I'm gonna say I, of the original, the one in the yeah. '60s. I was given ten episodes. Other people were like, "Yes, I agree with this list." You know, if white guys uh, like if they agree, I I'm into it. I was like, "I'll do it." <laughs> Coco, if you really want to piss them off, though, that segment of Twitter uh, after you episodes, say you hated them and say Chris Pine Star Trek's the best Star Trek, oh. and then just log off. <laughs> And then look at your mentions the next day. Okay, so I don't even have to watch to know no, no. how controversial that is. <laughs> well, I, was say, I think next generation, though, next generation is what wins. Like, I'm thinking of like the biggest, like the two yeah, that's people. The Patrick like, Stewart one, right? Yeah, it's Patrick yeah. Stewart. But also, I was like, I'm just thinking of like the two, two of the biggest Star Trek. Fa- like, the only person I know who's done like a real Star Trek costume and does it repeatedly is Chris Sandiford. If you guys know Chris Sandiford at all, yeah, I do. yeah, that's it. He has often goes to the Star Trek well for Halloween. Like I've seen him. Like, <laughs> well, we actually have have an improv troupe called the Dandies, and they do a show called the Holodeck Follies, and it's all about Star Trek. And they actually go to what are those conventions called where all the just Yeah, they go to yeah. all of those things. Yeah, I mean, let's do. I mean, they must play real well there. Like, yeah. Like, People you know, love it's funny you mentioned Chris. I saw Chris a couple weeks ago when he was in town. He was in town for a weekend. And we he's hung shredded out. now. Chris is actually insanely shredded. It's it's so like, really? I haven't seen him in a while. Is that what he did oh, during quarantine? Go, go on Instagram. <laughs> it's like it's it's shocking, and he does sometimes like before and after photos. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go look right now. <laughs> it's insane. He's like, "Are you getting ready for a Marvel movie?" It's, <laughs> yeah, like, what, what did you get cast in? Like it, it's the. It's so jarring that like the first couple photos that like popped up of shredded Chris Sandiford, I was like sure they were photoshopped. I was just I love like, that it's like shredded Chris Sandiford. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> we've known Chris for a long time. <laughs> it's true. Well, like, I always think of his like his okie dokie joke, right? Where like, which I feel, I assume he doesn't do anymore because he has like a, a thing where he was just sort of like, oh, it's hard to get laid when you have like a face and a body that says okie dokie, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> good joke. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, that joke is gone. <laughs> I guess, I guess I don't. I didn't know what he looked like before. With oh, okay, never mind. I see it. Oh, yeah. okay, excuse okay, me, right? Right? <laughs> Excuse me. It jumps off the page, Coco. Excuse me. What's these arms? Excuse what? me. Okay. Okay, Chris, I see you. Uh, okay. There's this one. It's the model shot. Where am I? Oh, wow. Just, this, this is the model yeah. shot. We're going okay. to try to put visual aids on this episode. of. No, could, uh, could the thumbnail just be a picture of Chris? Oh. Uh. <laughs> Ophira, your thoughts on Star Trek and, and the MCU? Like, since this. I mean, very embarrassing confession is that I've not watched Star Trek. Uh, any of it. Any. It's not embarrassing. Like, it's, on it's, Netflix. Netflix. it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. <laughs> but I have watched pretty much all of the MCU multiple times. Uh, I'm with Coco, though. I can't do Ant Man. I just can't do it. Um, <laughs> what I watched, I watched uh, part of it and fell asleep. And just decided that, you know, my brain was protecting me and I should honor that decision. Here's my only back. <laughs> That's a fair, fair assessment. I, I rarely, like, I'm one of those people who, like, I don't think I've ever walked out of a movie theater and I maybe have fallen asleep, like, a handful of times watching any movie, even no matter, like, how tired I am. Like if I start falling asleep, I'll be like, I'm going to stop this film and come back. Like, mm. and I will come back the next day. And like my, my wife just, she'll fall asleep in anything. She'll be like, let's watch another episode and be like asleep in the next two minutes. And I'm like, how I'm like, aren't you engaged or whatever? But yeah, but if I like actually fell asleep and had no wherewithal to like even stop the thing, I would agree with you. That's your brain telling you like, no, this is not, this is fine. This is not good entertainment for you. See, I don't know if that's true because that happened to me with Watchmen, the new Watchmen, and I, I and I went back and rewatched it. Like I kept falling asleep, and I went back and rewatched. All, and I was or like, you, or is it playing? It was still playing. Like oh. literally. Okay, I think I watched the show itself three times, half asleep. Like I would watch and then I'd fall asleep and I'd wake up and I'd see a scene and I had no idea what was going on and I was gonna give up. And then my friend was like, no, go back. I was like, okay, fine. So I will, re- it was I good. It was amazing. Watchmen, like that it does, like it does that thing where like, I don't know. Had you read the comics by any chance or Mm-mm. like, so who reads comics? Keith? Sorry. There is so much that just gets like thrown on the wall. Like, and like for the first couple episodes, you're like obviously like the 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 stuff about like like Tulsa and all that is stuff you can grab onto. But then you're like, and then little squids fall out of the sky, and you're like, you're what? what? <laughs> you know exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, so you're like, like there's there's stuff that your brain can latch onto, but then there's a lot of other stuff where you're like, oh, I'm going to explain this in seven or eight hours, like you know, and you're and so I do kind of understand that falling asleep initially in Watchmen yeah. because there is a lot of like hard. Like it doesn't shy away from the like the comic book stuff, and doesn't no doesn't even try like bother explaining anything until much later in the show. So you're like obviously yeah. there's the like like the race and culture stuff that's going on, which is 
amazing. But like I said, that there's like a hard sci-fi element where you're like, I'm just not going to explain this or provide any exposition for this or whatever. Just deal with it. And you're like, what? But even the MCU model. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. But, go ahead. With the the race and culture stuff, the episode where she takes the um, memory pills. Oh yeah. And it's double layered. I was like, like I kept falling asleep, and I was like, what is going on? Like I was getting angry. I was like, what is going on? Is it her? Is it her? Who is this guy? Just like why don't you just hit that like ASMR button for you? <laughs> You're just like, oh, that guy. This is this is really important, and I'd like to watch it. And I'm asleep. and I'm sleeping. <laughs> Even like we uh, we watched it as it was coming out, like we mm. were we were like up to date and watching it like and there was like a lot of people were like, is it any good? And I was like, I couldn't comment because I was like, they can screw this up so badly. Like the like the last two episodes could make this like I was like if everybody like stops and they like if and they solve racism or something like I was like like there's right. so many. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many, there were such, so many things in the air and so many, like, things both, like, about society and culture and also the sci-fi elements were just all over the place that I was like, the last two episodes could completely ruin this show. Like, they do. I think they stick the landing really, really well. But, like, on a week-to-week basis, you're like, there's so much stuff up in the air now that you could, you could wreck this. Like, you could, Dr. Manhattan See, now this is why I don't do that. This is why I don't do that. You just you watch you only only watch the show once it's already done. Like I, I was like, yes, there's a show. May I destroy you? I refuse to watch it until it's done. Listen, oh, I, I like refuse. That show, like we watched one episode and we were just like like literally two days ago, and I was like, I'm so sold. Like I was like, we're just. I have to wait. It. I have nah. to wait because you know you see the like you see the poster and you're like, this show is gonna be bomb. I just know it's going to be bomb, and my heart, my heart can't take it. Like I also did not watch Game of Thrones like that. And the other thing is that I'm so forgetful that every time a new season of Game of Thrones came out, I would rewatch the whole thing again. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, I need to rewatch. The gaps were far. Right. I was going to ask: um, Have either of you, Ophira or Coco, because I, I kind of know what Keith's answer is, have either of you ever been told to watch a show? By like a friend or an artist, especially an artist that you like, you respect and like, and then hated the show, and then like dreaded the, the ensuing conversation where they're like, "Hey, did you watch it?" And I'm like, "No, haven't got to it yet." I'm trying to think. I don't think by an artist because I- I'll just be really frank. Like, I don't have the same taste as most. Like, yeah, Toronto. You know, most people are white, so I was just like, "That's not my humor." In Toronto? In yeah. Toronto? Can you imagine? Can you believe it? <laughs> Crazy. Um, no, but I mean, seriously, like, I just, like, I always talk about this and like, everybody's just recommending Star Trek to you again and again. Well, that's because I said, Hey, I'm going to watch Star Trek. <laughs> now, I did that to myself. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but coming up as a comedian, like, I just don't have the same reference points as a lot of people. So, but I've had regular, <laughs> regular people non-comedians civilians um i used to call them muggles but we can't use that word anymore so civilians <laughs> i'm a jk it's a lot rowing right I'm, i have to i have to djk my language this is this is for reals but um yeah so civilians would be like oh my god i watched a show it was amazing it was so funny i just and then they're like big bang theory i'm like oh, no. oh, oh. How about how about you go fuck yourself? No, <laughs> I've 
Ophira, and he, it's almost it's I feel that when someone's like, I love this show, you should watch it, and then you don't, it's almost like having to tell them you're like, I don't like your partner. <laughs> <laughs> like it's close. <laughs> I was so scared about that that like I won't watch what people recommend me to watch. I just fully don't do it. It's not even a conscious decision. Uh, it's just time takes on. They're like, oh yeah, did you check it out yet? Like, oh yeah, totally uh, getting to it for sure. Um, but there's also like, I get a lot of people cause I use, I use a wheelchair and anytime there's someone in a wheelchair in a movie, people are oh like, my oh my God, like you should check this out. You'll be so excited. And it's unfailingly like, not a disabled actor seeing someone like use a prop wheelchair that like they're not even using right like so you must really hate drake (laughs) you know what the wheelchair that drake used is the same wheelchair that my friend has it's a real wheelchair (laughs) but uh drake uh, does not use it in real life yeah uh, I've, I've, are we still are we still pulling for Drake just a little bit because he's Canadian, or is he like uh, I don't know? He won us that that the, he won the Raptors the the championship, and then he uh, won the what? <laughs> it was Drake. <laughs> Drake had his little throne. <laughs> he was in charge. He put oh the team God. together, as far as I understand. <laughs> None of that's true. He took a lot of credit for like. The rise in popularity of basketball in Toronto. He put a lot of that favorite, on his own shoulders. Yeah, my favorite Drake moment was was last year when they made the finals, and he was outside the like the ACC, and he was like holding court with the media, and it was such a Sinatra moment. I've always I, I kind of compare him to I kind of call him our generation's Frank Sinatra, uh, and if you think about it, there's some correlation. Uh, but he's just, he's, just drunk at him. he's really, he's really, uh, he's, he's a little, he's a little overserved as, as the rock would put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe a little high cause he's sitting there and he's got, he's got, he's like waving a towel and he's like, it's acting like he did it. Like it's like LeBron <laughs> after a game, he's like, he's out of breath. I'm like, Drake, you're in great shape. Why are you out of breath? What's happening? <laughs> thanking God and whatever, like, and, and is his producer, his agent, and you're like, you didn't win an award here, man. You don't play basketball. No, but I it's, feel it's, like it's beyond that. I feel like Go he ahead. also like did that when they were watching home games, like not home games when they were away, and people oh, yeah. were outside of the ACC watching the yeah, game. He, like he also did that. He had like a section Yeah, commandeered the stage. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what is, what is really going on here? I don't know. The, the, the Arkells were probably kicked out, you know, they, they were going to be the opening act, and they were like, you know, sorry, Arkells, you're going to have to wait on the sidewalk. Drake's here. <laughs> I have no opinion on Drake. He's not paying my bills. Exactly. I, I think that's, that's fair. <laughs> I, like, to me, it's always, like, it's I, I cannot unsee him on Degrassi. Like, it's like, I know that he's grown as a person and as a musician, but I just, like, I grew up Hold on. I grew up with OG Degrassi. That's what I was, I was like, are you that young? He did a music video no, I'm, I'm, at a shopper's drug mart. The guy is a hero for life. But yeah, I, Mostly. I was Mostly. so into OG Degrassi. Yeah, as that an old adult, one. As an adult, when The Next Generation came out, I watched, I think, the first two seasons of it like as it was coming out, which was like where Drake was on the show. Right. <laughs> 
so that was like it just like because and because the show got me with they were like oh returning characters and i was like i'm in i like i love these characters so much i was like one of them's the principal of the school now and whatever and i was Ooh, like okay yeah exactly that's it they, they got their hooks into me as as a as a hardcore degrassi kid one of and I wasn't even the biggest Degrassi fan that I knew. I one of my buddies had all of the episodes on VHS, but like taped off the TV. That's, that's the real way. That's yeah, exactly. the real so, way. So he and had like he had the Degrassi box shit. set with commercials, you know. That's like, the real way to do it. That's and I, the real I think way. I had of goosebumps. And I love kind of day. And because it was Degrassi, though, every time because we had moral education in high school. And literally everything they're bringing up to you is like as in grade 10, grade 11, uh, you know, like like teenage pregnancy and like bullying and whatever. Like there's a Degrassi for that. Like if there's like a yes. <laughs> there's a Degrassi for that. And like inevitably we'd be like in the next module is this. And my friend would like slowly raise his hand and be like, there's an episode of Degrassi about this. <laughs> Can we watch it in class? And the teacher would like, be like, yes. And we're like, yes. We're like, I need to know what moral education classes. I'm what? very curious. Okay. You guys didn't have that? <laughs> I mean, I went to Catholic school, so I just had religion. But what so, is moral education so class? I don't know if it, that's, I did not know that was a Quebec thing. Because we had, oh. uh, like, we had in high school, because we used to, like, we had ME, which was moral education. Then we had MRE, uh, which was moral and religious education, but it was like Protestant. Then we had MREC, which was moral and religious education, Catholic. So like we had like in my high school had the three class like the three classes and the most I guess like secular of which so if you were I was a Jehovah's Witness so I didn't go to MRE because it was kind of it wasn't my religion and I didn't go to MREC so I went to ME which was moral education so yeah you you like wow. and you decided which one your your kid went into you learn something every day we don't we don't we don't do that those classes anymore it's no longer part of the curriculum oh, yeah, i was gonna okay, say did you wow. have that when you were when you were in high school or was that already gone? I, I had i had moral education for like the first two years of high school and then they got rid of it because people were like hey we know there's more than just christianity right yeah well that's what we, like, we just had <laughs> well, emmy which, which really funny. really could have just been watching degrassi once a week <laughs> actually i went to catholic school and our grade 11 was world religion no. And we learned about like uh, Buddhism, uh, Judaism, all the other ones. I swear I know them. I don't want to ask. <laughs> I swear I know them. Do you think uh, you think going to Catholic? Do you think going to Catholic school prepared you for a life in the arts? Absolutely. I know how to be right? shy and not shy at the same time. <laughs> And I guess also you you maybe you're less afraid of audiences because you're just sort of like you can't judge me as much as God. I can die on stage and your judgment is not like the, the harsh judgment of God. Okay, but that see that's different because I said I went to Catholic school. I didn't say my family was Catholic. Oh. <laughs> Very different. So to me, God's judgment, I was just like, I don't know what that means. So then when I went home, was telling you it was important. You're like, yo, what are you saying? Yeah, I was like, what are you saying? Because when I go home, I don't have to hear that. So it's very different. As an Italian Catholic, I've always been more afraid of nuns than I am of God. <laughs> God doesn't fear me, but a nun with a ruler? Woo! Okay, but any teacher with a ruler. No, but a nun too, because she knows she's not she's not getting in any trouble. She's just gonna yeah, right. Like, and the hand of God is ruling that ruler, man. Like she's on a divine mission. 
to bring that down. Is that how it was? Is that is what is going on? I'm discovering so many things about the Quebec education system here. Oh, it was wild. It was wild in the late '90s, early 2000s. Oh <laughs> yeah, no, nuns and rulers were were still a thing, like until very late. Like I, like I, again, I had, I had friends in Catholic, like in, my friends in Catholic school were like, yeah, you'd still get a like ruler across the knuckles and stuff. I'm like, in the '90s, and they were like, yeah. I was like, wow. Early times, I had a teacher, and his name was Mr. Paris, and Mr. Paris calling him out. He, Mr. Paris. No, Paris is one of my favorite teachers ever. But if Mr. Paris would walk around like he's an English teacher, and he would do his like every day, he would do like an opening monologue or whatever. And he was like an older man. He would so, open like, it very, up, open it up. He'd take bullet. Very set, in, very set in his ways. But he'd do like this opening like rant about his subject of the day. And if you weren't paying attention, and this was before, this was like when flip phones just became a thing, or if you saw like if you saw your phone, he would take the ruler and slam it on the desk like right at you. And it's just like something funny, Mr. Vendita. <laughs> no, no, sir. I'm just playing Snake. I'm just playing Snake. <laughs> Mr. Paris, greatest teacher i ever had. I could just see you like getting in trouble. Like I could oh, just I see you. I was a, I was a, because like I was in those weird spots where it was like I was a fat kid, but like who loved sports but couldn't play them well at all. So I was like in between, like I'm, I couldn't hang out with the nerds, but I couldn't hang out with the jocks. So what I just did was just cause shit all the time. It's a troublemaker. I was like, that was the troublemaker. By grade eleven, like, I had a French teacher. I had a French teacher who threw me out like three times a week. So wow. get out. <laughs> just get like out. that, you're like, I was just gonna ask. <laughs> like, no. And he actually genuinely liked me. Like he gave me a hug at prom. Maybe that was more of like you're leaving now, right? Thank God. <laughs> like, I never have to see you again. Well, Mr. Mansoor, ah, oh, good times. Um, how you girls doing with no? So we're you know, we were all performing, and we were talking before about the po- the podcast being the first one. But how are you guys holding up without performing? We are it's performing. Like, We've been performing since April, since June. Yeah, it was like there's bad oh. bad dog comedy TV, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I said more in front of like the live audience element, especially for improv, right? Like, I mean. We transferred, so Bad Dog Comedy TV, we transferred two um, traditional improv shows online. So one of them is Hooked Up and the other one is The Oval. And the other shows okay. are, are more like we use improv as a tool, but it's not like a traditional, hey, we have multiple people, we're doing scenes and stuff like that. Like Ophira has a show called Slumber Party. Um, <clears throat> so we've been performing. It's a different medium for sure. There is still a live audience. So this is the part that, I think a lot of us didn't anticipate and then it became a thing and we're like, cool, cool thing that's happening online is the chat. So what's cool yeah. about, like, cause our, um, bad talk comedy TV broadcasts on YouTube. So the chat is like alive. We have moderators that we ask to come and help out and stuff. And it's, it's a real element that I think we didn't, uh, take into consideration when we started and when we were prepping it in May. And it's become like a real thing. Like, it's fun. It's fun. Do you, not gonna lie. Like, comedy so every time I, every time I've seen the live chats though uh, on any kind of like show, I just have to tune it out because either it's like you're like mashing emojis or you're like here's a paragraph of text, and I'm like, well, if I read this, I'm gonna be like only devoting a little bit of attention to kind of what's going on on stage. And I was like, it, it, it how do you guys sort of navigate? I guess that 
right? Where you're just sort of like, okay, like I can hear a laugh or I can hear a gasp, but I'm just sort of like, someone's like, this scene reminded me of when I was in high school. And like, and you're just sort of like, read this. Like, a lot of the shows, in fact, I would say all the shows incorporate the chat element. So for example, tonight there's a show called The Oval and they still do things like, hey, um, so The Oval is based on The Circle. I'm guessing that show is on Netflix. I tried. Okay, so, yeah. okay, but the thing is, oh, listen, I I the tried. I'm, I'm on that show and I watched half an hour and I was like, I can't do this. I've had, I have enough so that I can do it, but mm. I can't watch the show. But I watched the Brazilian one though, if we're keeping. Yeah, story. so for anybody who hasn't seen it, it's, it's a perfect quarantine show because it's based on a group of people who are separated in different apartments. They've never met, they don't know each other, and they can only speak through a platform called the Oval. They don't hear each other's voices, and at least two, three of them are catfishes. So we have an improvised version of that, which is like perfect during quarantine. Mm -hmm. And so what we'll do is we'll incorporate um, improv elements such as like, okay, this catfish has a quality. What's the quality that they have? And then we'll allow the chat to give suggestions, and then we incorporate that into the show and we take into account like the delay and everything mm -hmm. so it's kind so of with, like a, a terrible drinking problem yep so then whoever's <laughs> improvising the catfish will know this and they will incorporate that into their performance so That's we'll do nice. things like that or we'll talk to the audience so um a lot of it is like question and answer like daphne's never have i ever she'll be like hey like you know what's your never have i ever and then they put it in a chat and then What's cool is like, we will read comments from the chat and then discuss mm -hmm. it in the show. Yeah. How, and in Slumber Party, is that also how you kind of? Yeah, the thing about Slumber Party is that um, we're trying to do kind of a relaxed performance online, which is mm -hmm. basically just a more accessible performance, uh, but also relaxed in the sense that it's a slumber party and like everyone can uh, relax and uh, it's just so sad because or not sad. It's like what's the word? Like because it's like the one of the things that like we definitely are not supposed to have right now are slumber parties. <laughs> it's virtual. <laughs> so you, you brought it to the online forum. <laughs> This is kind of the nice thing. And so people, we do question and answer uh, periods, but also I found pretty much every show, people will just comment on things in the chat and then we'll pull them up and put them on screen and read them out loud because it's a bit more of a talk show feeling. Mm -hmm. um, it's very, it's very casual. So it, to me, that really gives the show the same feeling of a live show because you do have that fresh interaction with the audience. Yeah don't necessarily know what they're going to say. Sometimes they uh, say very funny things. Sometimes like they'll call me out. Uh, we were doing a, a BuzzFeed quiz and I thought that guacamole was finished dip and everyone in the chat was very quick to correct me. <laughs> um, and it's that feeling kind of of being in front of an audience and being like, oh yeah, we are, we are interacting right now. Yeah. You have to stay sharp. That's, yeah. This, this show would die on a live audience. Like just <laughs> no, like so much of it is, 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 is show? I think the host, you and I are like, or you and basically, me, Walter, Lawrence, whatever. Like so much of it has to do with the, the the hosts kind of being like half informed and kind of arguing about something. Like the audience would just so quickly be like, actually, and just like bah, 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 bah. and we'd be like, well, this bit's over. Like this argument. <laughs> like when Ines, like when Ines uh, accused me 
of uh, gent- uh of uh, not knowing enough about- <laughs> no, 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 not knowing enough about couscous, and then I looked it up while we were recording. It's like there's four couscouses in this. Get off. <laughs> Oh, lentils. lentils. I was like, there's four couscous? Like, there's so many lentils. Oh, wait, what? What? Okay. I think there's two couscouses, though. I think there's like a, a whole grain and a white couscous. Yeah. I think it's, so I, see, I don't know if, if it's true that your show wouldn't be great on, it, I think it would be because it can be two separate things. It can be, you guys are having a discussion and sometimes what happens, the chat takes like a, a life of its own and they have the discussion yeah, and then they true. start arguing about it like they get really involved and that's the cool part about this online chat thing is like when we had live shows the audience couldn't really talk like yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like of course <laughs> i was gonna say if you go to black show they will talk but because we just talk we're just like yo what's she doing and then you're in it and you hear it anyway it's a whole other thing but um <laughs> most parts like in a lot of white audiences they don't talk they're like shh Shh. <laughs> let's close the window that's a classic improv move let's close the window our neighbors are too loud um so i feel like the live chat <laughs> gives them that space for them to be like this is what i'm thinking so just one of the things before before we we go uh, any further into the show i think we're at a good point where we're talking about online shows we're talking about audience participation and ostensibly you guys are here <laughs> To talk about an <laughs> online symposium. No, we're here to talk about MCU. What do yeah, you mean? Oh, don't get me wrong. This is. This is... <laughs> I mean, uh, no, but you're asking what's what's the format. What? I feel like I cut you off to laugh, but go, um, go for it. It's your show. What's the what's the format? The format is it's it's workshops, panels, roundtable discussions, and uh, and then we're just going to have a bunch of fun in the evening. Like we're doing a movie watch party. We have one Zoom after party. Watching. Are you allowed to say? Or is we're watching surprise? Sister Act 2. Whoa. <laughs> what a 90s baby. Whoa. <laughs> it's, the, it's real. It's real. We're going to, we're going to watch Sister Act 2. It's hosted by uh, the folks of Nostalgique. Mm-hmm. Um, and that French slang on it there. The, yeah. The that's, that's it's a much, is, is, it, is, that, is, is Sister Act Two like very inclusive? Like I yeah, it's the one with Lauren Hill. Okay. Yeah, it's the one where oh, she goes. Both, that's like they, they they she opens a church in the inner city or something. Is that two? Well, no. The whole thing is that the first one she was on the run. Right. She was a Vegas girl, and she was on the run from her mobster boyfriend, and then she hides in. Uh, nunnery right? and then the second one is the nunnery is taking care of these kind of like inner city high school kids right uh people like chris and couldn't (laughs) and and they couldn't handle it they're like i can't we can't handle these kids so they go and call with the goldberg's character and they're like you gotta come hey you're black you gotta come and handle these kids (laughs) and so that's the whole thing and then she kind of like speaks to them through music um so yeah that's that's what it is but it's just it's it's about the music i think right ophira the music in sister act two is Stop mm, gosh. Yes. so good it's really great <laughs> it really is it's one of my favorite things from whoopi is yeah. those two movies yeah not and, star trek yeah. bring it back no. it's not star that trek. And- oh. <laughs> that was great 
You guys are stupid. Sister, so we're saying Sister Act 2 is a lot That's like it. Dangerous Minds. Uh, actually, <laughs> but, but yes. With more singing. With more singing, yes, actually. <laughs> except it's not a, except it's not a white savior. Exactly. Right? So it's not a white savior role with Mich- like it's yeah, a, it's not a it's not a white right. savior. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean I'm excited for the movie. But yeah, so the, through the day we will have like panels, discussions, and workshops. Um and we're using like bad dog comedy TV and bad dog um online classes as like our case model study and how we can move forward with like accessibility, inclusivity, uh diversity. So and what, I, what I thought was really interesting, um, I think just like rereading about it which was the thing that the something that stuck out was I was like this is like the fifth annual right mm-hmm. like whereas like it feels like a lot of theater companies and stuff like that are like now we're just opening the doors and we're, we're inclusive programming <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like you know what I mean like there, there's been a lot of like 2020 reactionary yeah like inclusivity programs that are put together like oh let, let's do a panel and let's change how we book shows and let's do this but like you guys have actually been this is the fifth year like it, it's obviously I think feels big for inclusivity in theater and the arts like just because yeah. of 2020 but it, this isn't something that you did as a reaction like this was something that was already going on oh yeah like I think bad dog is known to have been on yeah, that yeah. path mm-hmm. um like you know otherwise yeah. I don't think I would be AD um yeah <laughs> I, I, I was just when, when getting ready for the, this podcast, I uh, your pinned post on Facebook, like it had me like like laughing and crying and feeling bad, like <laughs> all at once. Where you're just like, you're just sort of like, so I took this job like <laughs> at the beginning of 2020, and then like, and then 2020 happened, and I was yes. like, yes, like, ah. like, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I was in the job a week, and yeah. I had to shut down the theater. Yeah, it's brutal. I was like, "Yay! Oh, I I gotta shut shut her down." What? Exactly. Um, what we is? Last, we lost our we lost our improv club here. Yeah, Montreal right. improv closed down. Montreal improv. I loved Montreal improv. I've, mm-hmm. I've been there. Love love uh, the folks there. Um, what is different though about this year um, is we are doing it online, mm-hmm. and so one of the things that's always been very difficult about Bad Dog no matter how progressive we've been and how much we've been pushing um, inclusivity and diversity in, in improv, it's we did have an inaccessible space. We had wow. steps to our theater. Uh, that was that was the space that we had. And mm-hmm. it's just like, it was just like, it's, I don't want to, it, it's hypocritical, but it's it, it was what it was, right? It's three, level, it was three levels, right, Coco? I know it's just that's that's so cap okay don't that's not us <laughs> no it's just oh, one. It's it's capital. capital okay no cap I was getting confused because yeah social that. capital is three levels we were we were only one but still it's not accessible it's not oh. even like you can bring a wheelchair up and then make it accessible because our bathrooms were too small and we own this like we yeah. we were not like hey we're the best we own this it's on our website yeah so. Actually, every year that we've done the symposium, we've always done it at an accessible space. Okay. So we've all we've always done it off off like site from Bad Dog, so that it's accessible. Because Ophira has been part of it before, and Ophira, as you know, is in a wheelchair, and so we've always 
done it away from, but then it, it sucks because Ophira gets to contribute to this amazing thing, but then she doesn't get to come to bad dog to do shows. Hmm. So when we went online, she was one of the first people. I was like, yo, we're going online. Let's do this. Let's come on. Right. And she was like, great. Is it going to be live cash? I was like, yeah, I'm just going to press a button. And then she's like, nah, that's not how, that's not how live captioning works. <laughs> so it's like, even I'm trying, when I, but it's not even, good. <laughs> that's what I mean. Even when I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm doing the job. And then she's like, no, that's not what it like, means. Just, just talk like, five minutes and read what it writes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it really, no, so you were saying humbling experience when you think you're doing the right thing for somebody that like especially a friend a friend you're like yo we're gonna do this and it's like actually no nah, it's not gonna work out <laughs> well that's the thing is like it, it taught me a lesson i was like oh like so when we went to plan uh this virtual conference it's like we had to that's why our kind of like topic this year is intention and care because we really had to think of like, what does it mean? It doesn't just mean, oh, you get to go up steps. You don't get to, like, that's just one thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And taking for granted things like a show has to be captioned or like live caption versus after the fact captioning, YouTube captioning versus paying someone for captioning, like all of these little factors that like, I for sure did not think about. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so. And uh, sensory elements the way that people can navigate their computer, uh, even for people being on shows, there are some folks uh, with disabilities who can't necessarily like both be on camera and type. Uh, there's lots of lots of new challenges with the online world. For me, yeah. right there, steps are gone, but that was my major challenge. So uh, I'm, <laughs> it's great, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> new accessibility barriers for for other people for sure yeah i would hope we're able to correct those accessibility issues for online shows a lot faster than we have uh for live shows that's well that's that's just it right it's like that's what we want to talk about is like how do we we have to do that we got to stop just being like oh yeah just get get rid of it get rid of it like you know what i mean and also like i think covid has really taught me that like we thought we couldn't do improv online and now we can. Mm. We thought that people wouldn't like it and now people like it. We thought that the chat would be distracting and it's not. Like all these little things that we imagine in our brain before we even got to that step. Uh, I've seen so many things just like get canceled out of it. I don't even know how to speak properly because I'm so tired. But like I've just seen so many things just like like not be a thing that we thought it was. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like we have to keep pushing that uh, boundary. We have these preconceived notions about how things are going to, and we, and I think all comedians, no matter which type of comedy we do, we, we tend to look at things with a very bitter negativity sometimes. Where yeah. it's like, oh, that will never work. What do you want to do? That's never going to work. And then, it, then you try it and it works. You're like, well, fuck, I mean, it worked. Let's just keep doing right? it. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, we we talked we talked about that before on the show, even <clears throat> like just um, I think when we when we went through uh, back back one of our first like meet the host episodes at the beginning of COVID, uh, we talked about just sort of just not necessarily accessibility in the terms of like physical access, but just the accessibility of performing now. Where you think of like comedy Hollywood show business in the eighties, and you're just sort of like, oh, it was like 
old white dudes who owned the clubs and that, they were doing all the booking and that was it, period. But it's like, but now you're having like, oh, all of a sudden, like there's all the, all the alternative rooms where you're having your LGBTQ2S excess, like friendly rooms, people of color are performing, like people are performing in multiple languages. Like, like you're seeing this more and more. And like the Chris's point, like the old, like, oh, it's not going to work. Oh no, people are coming out and having a good time. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it, like it's like at the end of the day, like funny is funny and yeah. you might not get all of it. Like, like for instance, like in Montreal, there's, you think that you're like, oh, you guys have bilingual shows all the time. We don't like, it's like, there's like a smattering of them here and there. And you're like, wait, everybody speaks two languages. Why don't you have two languages in a show? It just does not happen. And you're like, bilingual comics are hacks. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Mike I'm Patterson. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was a joke. Jesus, that's getting a cut. Oh, the aggregated. Um, no, but but you but you, but you like that. But that's what I'm saying. But it's there's. I think that that's like an extension of like if you think it's not going to work, like you haven't tried it yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. So the problem, which the difference between Montreal comedy again across the board versus Toronto is that a lot of us here in this city are bitter that we've never moved. Uh, <laughs> there were. It reflects in their in their day to day lives. So when, when this stuff first started, like um, I know uh, TSC was trying to do similar stuff to what Bad Dog is doing in terms of like online shows, and they never got off the ground. And I think it's just because of our like provincial negativity. That's like because you guys you guys got it rolling, and, and now it's like now it's almost bigger than like live shows, right? Have you found a way to monetize it though? I don't um, I mean, yeah, because we're we are a charity, <laughs> so uh, so every show has a charity link link to it, and people can um, donate, and people donate, people, people donate like as they would a ticket price. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's it. So just jaded Montreal fans would never. <laughs> a bunch of yeah. people are also cheap. We're also cheap in the city, so we pay what you can. Shows like I have three dollars. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, exactly. like, pay, pay, what you, pay what you can shows, and and you'll have a reasonable number of people who are like, I can pay nothing. Oh, I can <laughs> like, pay. I right. want to pay nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That's it. So you're like, yeah. cool. I guess. I guess. Come on in, because you're here. <laughs> Is I think that will be a challenge to like continue to look for ways to monetize it more and more because mm-hmm. it's like it's not quite the same in the sense that like when you have a physical space, you can be like, this is your ticket price. You literally cannot go in. Right. But we are on YouTube. We're not in a password kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it's been like, people are generous. generous, I'll say that at like, I, I, our theater has had a lot of support. Um, from folks who watch the shows and they'll put it they'll be like this is for this show don't you dare put it on a show. <laughs> don't give this money to those other performers yeah. <laughs> this is you for know, this one You're like, oh, so it, it's been it's been really nice yeah it's been really nice uh, guys, some of the topics sorry oh, I was going to say some of the topics. So you're talking about, I guess, putting on shows, but you also talk about, uh, I mean, like I, it's, it's, I think it's a very internet thing to say. And I don't think I've actually heard any, any of my, my friends in the comedy world say it, but just, uh, do you guys deal with like what jokes you're allowed to say or, or not say? Because everybody's like, Oh, you can't make jokes about anything anymore. It's, it's such a like, 
just the lamest what? thing in the world. See, no, <laughs> Which I is have, absolutely the lamest thing in the world. I but. have I have extremely extremely aggressive views on this, and that <laughs> anybody who says that has never made people laugh. That's the only <laughs> reason they say that. You can't say anything anymore. Well, because you don't know how to make somebody laugh. Because you're not <laughs> funny, guy. <laughs> You're bad at it's not my problem that you're bad at this. Yeah. It's not anybody else's yeah. problem that you're bad at this. You're just bad at this. It's not hard. It's it's an easy yeah. job. Whether you're doing improv sketch, whether you're doing stand up, it's you go up there and make a group of people laugh, or you go online and make a group of people laugh. And if you cannot do that without coming off as a raging blowhard, that's on you. <laughs> it's not I'm learning so much. I've never heard that term blowhard. Oh, I'm like I'm... 95 in my soul. Oh, the best. Okay, so I'm I'm a I'm an asshole uh I'm an asshole club promoter and I want I want to promote uh I want to start being more inclusive when my comedy show opens up. What what advice do you give them? There we go. Is that good? Is that a good lead in over here? Yeah. <laughs> to the answer? I'm trying to I was I didn't get the answer. I'm just trying to build to it. I think so. <laughs> I mean, okay, I feel like uh, what we, what our goal with this uh, conference and our theme behind it is about intention and care. Mm-hmm. And anybody who who's talking about like, oh, I don't even know what funny, like, I can't say anything anymore. Um, mm-hmm. That comes from a place of not being intentional and not having care in your mm-hmm. body. Uh, because the whole idea and the things people are reacting to is we're just saying, like, don't hurt people. <laughs> like, do you want to actively harm someone with your comedy? That's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't sound like it's going to make people laugh, which ultimately is what comedy is for, right? We want to we want to influence our audience. We want to get a reaction out of it. And we ideally want it to be laughter. Um, and so the whole idea behind this conference is assuming that nobody wants to hurt anyone. Right. And Throughout the whole conference, our our workshops are all themed around the idea of like, okay, with that baseline assumption, which seems seems pretty uh, pretty universal, I hope. Yeah. Um, if your idea is that you want to make people laugh and you don't want to like actively harm people, then how can you go about your comedy in an intentional way? How can you create your space so that you care about your audience and make sure that? They feel comfortable enough to laugh and to mm-hmm. be part of the experience in that way. I think that, yeah, I think that's really important. I mean, the fact that you guys have that as one of the themes, like intention, right? Is that like, I do think there are some people that are like hateful assholes. Like I, but I do think that there's a lot of people who just don't think about their intentions. Yeah. You know, like, especially, especially like I, I, talk a lot obviously like with my dad my dad's like a dude in his 70s where like like 2020 has been kind of like is this really such a big deal and you're like yeah dad this is a really big deal like i know you're like you grew up like white in canada uh like all through like the 60s and 70s and all that stuff in your 70 but like it's not just because you come from a different upbringing and stuff does not make anything that's going on in America, not a big deal. And also what's happening to indigenous people in Canada, not a big deal. It's like you were you were raised without that, but it's never too late to learn. Like, I think there are some people who are probably like intrinsically like bigoted and shitty, but I think that there are, especially when you look at an older generation of people who, like I said, in my mind are like potentially a lot of club owners, <laughs> you know, like there are some people that are just don't even, aren't thinking of the intention. So I think like the mindfulness that you guys are talking about of intention sounds like a very important thing. And maybe as a, as a branch, if I am this 
you know, older person who owns a comedy club thinking about, oh, this act, what's your intention here? You know, like, yeah. I think that that is a good way to broach the broach the topic of like, yeah, comedy should be inclusive and not shitty. See, when you talk about intention, though, a lot of the people who are in who are shitty, as you put it, or uh, uh, blowhards, as I put it so eloquently, uh, are, doing, are doing that intentionally. Yeah. There's, I think a there's, bunch, I, that's what I said. There are some people who are. No, like, most I, of them are. Most of them are. Oh, most of them, I'm, and, I'm more optimistic. This is the you are way bit. too optimistic. I've been doing – I hate to be – I hate to pull the old man card here. I've been oh. doing comedy for like eight years, and the one thing I can consistently say is the <laughs> – is is the people who wanna who wanna be shitty are doing it for a reason. They want to get that reaction. Purpose. They yeah. want to get, especially online now and how we've been in the quarantine. They want to get that reaction. They want to get fifty people saying this is trash because they want their quote unquote fans uh, to come and like misspell insults at those people. Ugh. And it's just a cycle of dirt that these people live in. And then when it doesn't work, and then like, yo, how come I don't get the festivals, bro? It's because you're a fucking hack. <laughs> also, that's, that's, my that, that's less of a problem than improv, I believe. Right? Our second well, word is care, right? Yeah. So uh, if, uh, if that doesn't, you know what? You do you. If there's someone who deliberately wants to go and hurt people, um, I do not condone it. I think it's very weird. I also don't know what drew them to comedy specifically. Uh, because uh, why would you want only a very small segment of the room to laugh when you could, you know, share uh, share that with more people? But for this conference, we're focusing on intention and care and people who people who want to do that, people who are interested in that. Yeah, that, that's I, I think that was when I was like talking about like just this. It's more along the lines of the like when I was asking about it. It's like the people who I think that you. Ophira, you were right on the button when you said like it's about both. If if you don't if you don't care yeah. <laughs> and you have no intention to improve, this is not for you. And it's like we're not no. going to change. We're not going to no, change no. minds. You know, like, <laughs> I will I will boot you out and tell you to get out because like I always say, Ophira and Alia are so much nicer than me. I live more in the bubble that Chris is, and I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I've gone on so many panels. I've gone on so many panels where people were like, and what do you think? And I was just like, yes, and fuck you. How about that? Yeah, fuck, right? your, free, fuck your free speech issue. Shove it up your ass. Fuck, yeah. fuck you. And, and I'm going to say this. This is one thing that I love about comedy um, is the most clever comedian whether in improv or stand-up or whatever, can take that, can take those people and whatever, you know, bullshit jokes they have and turn it into gold. Because I've seen people do on stage, especially with improv, I've seen people be misogynistic, I've seen people be racist, and they, and then their counter, like their offer that comes back at them, they don't expect it, and you have to roll with it, right? Because you, you can't just be like, no, black lives don't matter when someone else is countering you. And that person is usually way funnier. I find yeah. that the person who can shut down those bigots in comedy are even funnier than just people who are like, we only want safe spaces. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm making sense. No, but when you what you say when you have but when you have someone in the audience, uh, to your point, Coco, like who who shouts out 
something misogynistic, something racist, something homophobic. And then when you have like an ace comedian up there who mm-hmm. can just like grab that ball and like spike it and just like, like it's it that those are like moments as an audience member that I like love where I'm just sort of watching someone yeah. get, we're watching some like, like bigoted, narrow-minded, like piece of trash get like ripped apart by a comedian who's like on a roll is like, often better than any like setup and punchline that I could imagine. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like I think about Trevor Noah who mm-hmm. when oh fuck, I forgot what that girl's name is. The super Tommy racist. Lauren. I know what you're yes. talking about Tommy Lauren. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. When yes. Tommy Lauren went and was like, I don't see color and then Trevor Noah was so you don't see traffic lights? Like, yes. you don't know when it's red, green, or yellow. Like, and I was just like, yo, that's just... And she couldn't say anything. Yeah, it's one right? of the greatest he's reports not, ever. Yeah. He's not being impolite. He's no. he's being polite. He's being safe. He's not... Like, you know what I mean? And yet, he just said, what you just said is trash. Yeah. yeah. In the most polite Trevor Noah way ever. And I was just yeah. like, to me, that that is the genius of comedy. Mm-hmm. It, it just reminds me of, you know... If you're people who come from like a huge family and mm. everybody's always teasing each other and you just always have to have the best comeback, you're like, I just need to be ready. I just need to be ready for when <laughs> this aunt is going to say this to me. I need to be ready. Like, you know what I mean? And because the person is usually older than you, you can't go low. You got to be like, okay, I got to be ready, but I got to go high. Yeah. That to me is like what comedy can be. Yeah. You know sure. what I mean? It's, the uh, the Trevor. I was thinking about that before when we were talking about. I think so. I think Keith at one point like mockingly said, "I don't see color." I don't think he was actually saying it. And then I immediately remembered that line from Trevor Noah because it's, it's easily one of the greatest retorts I've ever I've ever heard to that. Yes. I don't see color. What do you like? like, like how, do you, how do you what do? You do? And yeah. she was like frozen. Uh, she walked right into it. I don't think she even replied. No, she was just frozen. She had no idea what to say. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't know what to say. And he's done that a lot. I've seen him do this to other yeah. people as well. Now he's like, and and like I said, it. I think what he also does is like a rarity because like it stay it stays basically rated G. <laughs> you know, yes. like, like like it's it's it's, it's he never never hits below the belt. He's still like he's like I'm a late night talk show host, and this is going to be like this is going to be okay for the kids to watch. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> like and you're like and and can still rip people to shreds. Like that show, out of all the late night shows we've gotten in the quarantine stuff, that show has evolved the most. Like they've and like they cast has even said it. I think uh, they they did like a, a profile in one of the magazines. It was right or something. They were talking about how they've had to change how they approach like trying to be funny. Cause when you're doing it in front of a live audience, like I think you guys could talk about this mm-hmm. when you have that instant reaction, you know, okay, this, and you feel the energy in the room. You are reacting to things happening at the same time. You feel that, but when you're not, when that's removed from the part of the equation, when you're just trying to be funny without getting that reaction, it's, it, bec- it makes you become like a more focused performer. And that's what they were saying. Yes. Yes. Like and were, you have to be more, you have to rely more on the confident version of yourself. Yeah, because you're not get you're not getting feedback, and most yeah. of us, most of most of the performers on uh, Bad Dog Comedy TV avoid the chat, so they don't even read the chat yeah. as they're doing it. So they really like you know, except for when they pull up when they pull up comments. But I know if you're like you don't read the chat actively as you're doing your show. No. Yeah. So you got you just got to be like. This is what it is. End of story. <laughs> like, and I kind of, I kind of I like. Think I'm funny. 
<laughs> yeah, it's very freeing to be like, I think it's funny, so this is gonna happen. And yeah, you don't that, have you, you don't have Walter the and, Walter and Vendito talk about Sopranos. <laughs> it's funny. It is funny. But here's the thing, right? There are here's here's where we I think like the four of us can borrow from the newer generations, like the kids and stuff. Those TikTok kids don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> They don't care. Sure. They don't care who's laugh. Like, like you know what I mean. They do their video. They put it online, and it just goes viral. They don't have an. They don't have a feedback meter like as they're doing it, right? And they don't have years yeah. like those ten thousand hours on their belt. And I even think about like, like I remember watching this teenager. I like I. It doesn't matter, but uh, I was watching this teenager watch like a YouTube channel. And it was just this guy like, yeah, so I'm going to cook this lasagna and da, da, da. And she was just like laughing, loving it. And I was like, what? And it's like, does the guy who's who's 15 cooking lasagna care? No, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. No. I will I say, that. though, on the TikTok kids, uh, you guys didn't invent making fun of Harry Potter as a personality. That's ours. <laughs> you don't. You don't get to just take that from us. But now, you uh, can dig, now you can dig in even even harder because you can like because we've been making fun of each other for years. This generation and yeah, we're all now, around the same age. Can, now you can fully turn on J.K. Rowling. Like that's the there was there was one weekend. You can dig in harder because there, there was one weekend terrible. when Coco brought up J.K. before. There was one weekend where I think it was before the ridiculous letter that was sent out. Um, <laughs> But there was one weekend where she was like, I think she was searching her name on Twitter to find out where she wasn't tagged. And I'm like, JK, you're like worth millions. Get off the internet for a weekend. Like, you don't have to do this. Like somebody, I think it was a kid. He made like a, a tweet. And he was like, um, he, JJ, JK Rowling's authorized me to change everything about uh, Harry Potter. And he, he was a, it was a funny bit. And like, she was like, my lawyer's going to contact you. She DM'd him. I'm like, JJ, what are you doing? JJ, what are you doing? <laughs> Just log <laughs> off. Log off. You don't need to be on Twitter. But that's this is the issue with that. This is one of the things that's kind of like shown itself in the quarantine is how stupid celebrities oh, can yeah. be um, without their publicists. Imagine all the people. <laughs> <laughs> that was There's so three. many people were like, yeah, seriously, that was like week one. <laughs> we're like, take their phones away. <laughs> Don't give them those Twitter passwords. <laughs> Just and, the, and then, like the uh, the like the chef's kiss of all that was like during the height of like the Black Lives Matter protests, and like for a real moment where like you know like black people were taking center stage, a group of white actors decided, no, no, we want everyone to know that we're not racist, <gasps> and they made this ridiculous black, black and, and white, white video. video. Oh, I am responsible. Crap. And it's With like, like serious Aaron Paul and like Aaron Paul <laughs> overacted the shit. Aaron Paul thought he was winning an Oscar for that. What was that? It oh, was. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. We're very used to this. We're very yeah. used to us being like, "Hey, uh, we're having this issue," and then YB just being like, "Okay, so anyways, let's talk about." And then they change the subject. It's happening right now, right? Like, I feel like the movement has really died down, and it's now expanded into and morphed into all these other things because. Other people then were like, hey, me too. I'm having this problem. I stubbed my toe the other day and I have to complain. And and we're used to it, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and my, these aren't like water favorite. cooler gripes that like any person who was speaking about like 
that you know when we're talking in June when when mm-hmm. it was before the black squares, uh, when it was when it was really like let's listen to the and uplift these voices. Yeah. Uh, it, it it was it wasn't about you know like oh gripes about you know like I'm I'm a I'm a fat kid my whole life like I, I have gripes too. Karen, I, don't, I hate to use the word Karen, but like it's not about you. Like, don't. Yeah. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite Instagram uh, like follows, like, actually followed her before all this started, but was, but it's just like 2020 Instagram follow of the year. It was Phoebe Robinson. Like oh yes yes yeah, from yeah. um two dope queens two dope queens yeah yeah that's it like she she's been like just every single like performative Hollywood nonsense she's been like bang on Instagram like immediately like like within her, minutes of it her like, and Amanda Seals they have notifications for sure yeah that's it like like that uh, black and white the the, the, yeah, the black and white celebrities taking racism very seriously like it was like I literally hadn't even heard about it as a thing and like Phoebe Robinson was already like bang and she's like why she's like can i she's like i was trying to take a nap and this shit goes down yeah, I was trying to take a nap. <laughs> she's like i she's like i know some of the people in this video i'm like friends with them <laughs> like she's like you could have called me and i would have told you not to do it <laughs> like, what is wrong <laughs> like, that should be the uh, tagline though coco coco's line about we've learned how celebrities act without their publicists Oh my goodness! It's been bad, man. Some of it's been really bad, and you know, you know what, you know, you know when a celebrity you fucked up is when they turn off the comments on like their posts. It's like, oh, you know, you <laughs> fucked up. Oh, you know. Yeah, they do, they do their sponsor, They do their sponsored like sponsored ads after in their next post, like pretending like nothing's ever happened, but they turn off the comments. I'm like, oh, you know, you <laughs> fucking know. But then those <laughs> those people will find whatever uh, post Means. still has an open comment and yeah. just go under that. The 2016, you just, you just 2016 post beach post. pick. It's like, what's going on? What, what's this about? <laughs> the internet will never forget, I think. Yeah. Chris, you want to move to five questions? Yeah, we'll start right. with the... So, so we this do, is what we do. Yeah. Chris, you want to introduce the bit? You wanna uh I, it's a totally original bit. No other podcast does this. But like before we, not. before we let the we let, we let our guests go, we like to ask them some questions. Uh, hey. you know, trademark, uh <laughs> go plug yourself. <laughs> this is uh, a good bit, and legitimately Chris says this, but I don't know of another show that does it the way we do it. Yeah, I love this. can't wait. Keith. Uh, do you? Do you, Chris? We'll take it offline, Keith. We have guests. Um yeah. We have this idea. original idea called asking questions. Yeah. All right. So, a question number one for both of you. I have your questions for both of you. Yeah, you're not even introducing the bit. Hang on. It's the same. We ask the same three questions to every guest. Then the fourth question is from our previous guest to you, without knowing who you were, obviously. Okay. Then the fifth question. The fifth question is, what question would you like to ask to our next guest, without knowing okay. who they are? You're right. You're the only people who do this. Okay. It is actually. I still feel like we're just somebody out there that's doing this better. No, um, I mean, but I'm just saying, but that's it's a thing that is actually unique to this show. Yeah. Um, oh, here. Hit it. Question number question one. one: What do your thoughts sound like? What do my thoughts sound like? Yeah. So the, a little bit of context to this question. I didn't uh, write these questions. Context number one. This was a. This is a Lawrence. This is a corporate question. Yeah. But, uh, 
So do you think in uh, in like in I was gonna start making noises, but okay. Well, not fair. <laughs> do you think in like in images, in stories, in 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 like monologue? Are there other voices? Is it your voice? Like that? That's kind of okay. Where got it. Where we're headed. Yeah. Ophira, do you think in musical? <laughs> Sometimes, not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I also think in words, I think it's my voice. I've never thought about that too much. Um, <laughs> but I do think like very sassily. That's something that I will, I will admit. We uh, <laughs> have that internal monologue. I love this. Um, I think so. Uh, I don't think anybody who knows me is going to be surprised. So have you guys seen the Sherlock Holmes with Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think in Mind Palace. Oh. My thoughts are very organized and it looks like a chart. <laughs> <laughs> Would not surprise me. Amira's like, I knew it. <laughs> I've, I've said, I've, I don't always think that way, but like I've said every now and then being like, okay, we need to mind palace this. Like right? I can I can push myself into that. I usually don't, but if I'm like, this is a big thing, we have to go into the mind palace. Oh, I <laughs> usually I usually think in that zone. And and it's interesting because when I watch that show, I was like, what is going on? My thoughts are being exposed. It's like when I get overwhelmed, it often does look like this because it looks, there's just too many layers of things happening mm -hmm. until I reorganize it in my head. See, Ophira is not surprised at all. Not at all. <laughs> See, those moments are when uh, my thoughts become musicals. Uh, <laughs> it's like it gets heightened. I'm like, this is happening in my brain and I am good with it. I wish yeah. my thoughts were musicals. I feel like my thoughts are just me constantly yelling at myself. It's oh, like, no, God. no, that's stupid. It's not even in a sad way. It's just more like a pump up way. Like, like, <laughs> like, like well, that and like the other part of my brain is like my mom, like just the fear of disappointment. So you have, you have, you have like an angry sports coach and your mom. Yeah, it's like, it's like part, it's, it's like, it's, it's like part passes prime Dwayne Johnson and part, <laughs> part my mother, who is just, just eternally disappointed in every life decision I make. Oh, okay. right. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Oh. Uh. Question two? Uh, what was your favorite? Oh my God. Um, Snack meal, drink, or otherwise, I guess, like the sour keys, Ooh. like food or candy, candy, sour anything, keys. anything. It doesn't matter. Like, it could be anything. Anything. Yeah, I loved, I loved candy as a kid. Uh, sour keys, and the other one is like the raspberry blow pops. Oh. You remember? Did you like Sour Patch or just Sour Key? Like Sour Patch Kids or Sour Keys? No, Sour Keys specifically. Straight up. See, talking yeah. about candy that like opens up a whole, but like my first answer, my instinct was like, I was thinking food, like meals. And I had a thing for specifically like no name bean and cheese burritos. Uh, I don't know if anyone else has had those. They I, are, I, I remember them being like emergency food, like well, kind this of just. the thing. <laughs> You're like, your wealth, Keith. Um, <laughs> they're like a dollar uh, and they just I don't know that was my 
favorite thing to eat. No other brand of burrito, like frozen, no name bean and cheese. Yellow, yellow oh package. Yeah. Like, yeah. I had cut off the edges. And, yeah. I think I had my first burrito at like 33. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up there with you. I ha- it was late in life that I had my first burrito. Yeah. I'm, historically, I'm um, awful in the kitchen. Like I have, um, like I, I always joke. I was like ADHD and cooking like do not blend like whatsoever. It just gets really, really stressful for me. Like if I have like like two things on at different heats that need to come off at different times, like becomes like a stressful nightmare to me. Where I'm just like. Uh, I, I forget what it was. it was. There was one point where, like, my wife was like, "Oh, like, just put this in and put it on X and and just do it." And I'm like, "Not a problem." Like, just walked walked out of the kitchen and forgot about it and almost lit it on fire. Like, oh I'm just like I'm very like so. Our our arrangement is I just do I, I clean everything. <laughs> I'm like I'm like yeah. you will cook. I will do all the dishes, and that is that's how the the work gets split up. You are better. Yeah, she enjoys it. Like, not only is she better at it because I will wreck things, it's also stressful. Like, I'm like, I'm not good, and it stresses me out. Like, even she's like, oh, no, but you, like, you've made good meals. And I'm like, those meals have been, like, unending stress. Like, to, <laughs> like I put the meal together because I'm trying to impress you. <laughs> but I'm like, it was just awful for me to do this. Like, it was not a fun, like, she has fun in the kitchen, and she she enjoys cooking she was raised cooking she like she's one of those people who doesn't need a recipe she's like what do you have in the cabinet and she can just like throw stuff together and i'm like just blows my mind oh she knows how to cook you're right i I don't have this talent i will some of us don't follow recipes keith because we just you know we know what tastes good i'm sorry yeah i will just throw in i'll be like oh it's like i remember i put once like a cup of salt on rice like an insane person like i'm just terrible it's it's a it's a sketch I've always wanted to do, but I've always wanted to like get somebody like a very docile, like quiet person who's cooking something by the recipe, like to a tea. And me, it's like you need more salt in that water. <laughs> Why are we only using one type of pepper? <laughs> like just, just, just lose it at like, like, and like break out like a spice. What rack else you in have my in coat. spice rack? What else? Yeah, you have break out rack? a spice rack in my coat. Like they're vials, and like I'm Dean Martin. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> paprika, oregano. It's just like. Drop it on the table. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. I'm going to film it. All that to say, when I was a teenager, anything that I could prepare myself was basically frozen. And that was where I, those burritos. <laughs> I was right. Exactly. Oh, we were talking about burritos. Bagel bites, frozen burritos. I was like, I can I can live on my own. <laughs> pizza, po- pizza pockets. Pizza pockets. Exactly. I moved out when I was 17 with no okay. cooking skills whatsoever. So frozen food was like, I'm like, I'm a chef. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can put chicken nuggets in the in the, in the oven set to three seventy five, and sometimes you'll burn them because you'll forget about them. Like, so, Coco, so Coco said candy uh, and, and sour keys. Let's just and sour keys. Candy. It's not a broad statement like candy. She said sour keys. Easy, fucking chef Bobby Flay over here in the candy world. Um, <laughs> uh, question number three, and uh, sorry, and Ophira said uh, no name brand. No name brand bean, bean and burritos, bean and cheese, yeah. burritos. bean and cheese burritos. I feel like the no name brand is an important distinction because you don't want like some like bougie ass like nine dollar burrito brand. They're gonna you know, I tried them like since as an adult, being like, oh, you know, let me see the elevated version of this. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Get out of here, McCain. You don't make burritos. Yeah. <laughs> Although you guys have like the best burrito spot, I feel like a burrito boys. 
mm-hmm. in, Tor- in Toronto. That's like a legit. I, like, I like burrito banditos. Oh. Chris is like, I'm there's, having there's a lot, Tell though. me more about this there's burrito. At least, there's at least like four or five chains here. So, is yeah, there is. Come back? And also, every time I hear the word Bendito, it's like I feel like it's a shout out to myself because my last name is Vendito. Like when that oh. Despacito, right? So it's like it's not the same word at all. But that, <laughs> close enough. When Despacito came out that summer, and, and at the end of it, like, did they just say Vendito? I'm like, yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> being Fonzie. Um, question number three: When did you realize that being an adult sucked? This is again not my question. Oh, this was an Ines question. Sounds like it. <laughs> I think it's. <laughs> yeah, Ines just was realize, like, I just graduated college and I hate everything and I'm living on my own. <laughs> like, whatever. I don't, I don't even know. I see. I don't. It's a loaded I question. Like, I like being an an adult. I hated being a kid. Oh. When I was younger, I couldn't wait till I was thirty. I was like, I can't wait till I'm thirty. I just feel like you just as wanted a kid, to get like, not twenty. You're like thirty. I'll have it 30 together. Specifically, by thirty specifically. I thought I was gonna get the secret manual. You know, that's gonna be like, hey, these are all the answers. Uh, so I feel about I, my forties. Well, I can't wait to be forty for that exact reason. I'm like, ooh, next manual, next manual coming. I'm peak. Um, I didn't, I didn't love being a kid or a teenager or even in my twenties because I just felt so like. I just didn't know myself and I didn't understand what was going on. And I feel like when I, when I became 30 and then as I went into my thirties, I was like, Oh, this is what it feels like to be comfortable mm. within yourself. And that was like so important to me. So I'm the opposite. I love being an adult. I love, and as I get older, I love it because I'm like, now I'm going to enter phases where I'm just going to openly be like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I think it's also, there's also, I guess, that thing, too, where, where you can, like, I feel that, like, when with, with age comes, a, like, a, a comfort level, like you said, like, A, with yourself, but also in a comfort of, like, calling people out for something. Because you're, like, yes. when, you're, when you're, like, 20 or 21, you're, like, maybe I don't know how the world works. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you but then you're, you're like, in you your don't. 30s, you're, like, no, I've been around the block and you're an asshole. <laughs> like, you know, like, you're, yes. like. And, and I remember when I was, like, when I was a kid. And I was always like, kind of like, all about justice and equality, even when I was younger. And when I would see things that were unfair, I would often get shut down because I was a child. So it's like, you're not allowed to say that. You'll know more when you're older. Yes. (laughs) And And I'm still still like this. And (laughs) and what I've loved about becoming an adult is now I can comfortably call out. I don't feel like any, and it, that confidence gets like more and more every year because now it's like, even writing like what I did, um, like you said, my pin post on Twitter, mm-hmm. like I was, that's not something I could have written five years ago. No. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like every moment I get more and more comfortable with my mind palace and I'm like, <laughs> I- I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was also always waiting to be an adult. I did not like being a kid. I had like this argument with my cousin. He was the same year as me. So we uh, we went to school together uh, throughout a lot of it. And he, uh, once in high school, he was like more of a, he was like a jock, a bit more of like a, um, you know, he was like very much a popular kid. I was a kid who like was 
fine, but then went home and like had voice lessons and did theater rehearsals and all of that. Um, and he was like, we're in the prime of our lives, like live it up. And I was like, oh my God, high school better not be the prime of our lives. Like that, that sounds so sad if it's the prime of anyone's life. Like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's so unfortunate. Yeah. High school years are, are, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But isn't it also nice to like, as an adult, like you said, like as a kid, you're like, oh, I have no responsibility. But isn't it nice to be like a grown ass person and be like, okay, this responsibility is taken care of. And now I'm going to go do what the fuck I want. So I swear all the time. I'm just like, I'm going to go part. I can party till three o'clock in the morning if I feel like it. And it's on me. Like, you know what I mean? So. Okay, well, <laughs> it comes and goes though. I will say like, it's it comes and goes. Like there is absolutely like, like we were, uh, what was that show? We just started watching the new Anna Kendrick show. I think Love Life. <laughs> With what? No, I'm here. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And and it was just sort of like they're like when you didn't care about like your job, <laughs> as an example or whatever, where you were like when bills were not a thing. Like there is a phase there where you're like, oh, if I don't show up tomorrow, I have a mortgage to pay or whatever. Like they're. I don't know. There's there's ups and downs. See, there is I've, I've, I've had a job since I was 13. Yeah. So yeah, I've always worked because I like things. I've not, I, I've, I've, I'm, I've absolutely had like, but I'm saying, but like I could like blow off my, my teenage job. And if like, if some, they were like, you're late again, get out. I'd be like, all right, then. If that happened to me now, I'd be like, we're devastated and ruined. <laughs> You know, like, first like, of I'll all, find another job, I guess, when I'm like a teenager, you know. <laughs> See, I did not have the confidence to blow off anything as a kid or a teenager. So I've like felt the same weight of responsibility. Also, yeah. Like, I'll say, I think that like sometimes being a human sucks. I just rather be a human adult than a human child. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, if I, if I have to choose. The responsibility i'd rather be more in control than less in control that kind of leads into so question four way back from i think like 10 episodes ago we had uh montreal uh punk bands the boyds on they oh, had just had they had just had a we new really upgraded our guests since then and well why are you throwing shade oh, on like, oh, the boyd hive I'm, I'm i'm really worried about the boyd hive Come at me, bro. Accurate Internationally video. touring punk band. I'm sorry. Internationally touring cafes. Um, they're doing cafes <laughs> with a bucket. Just throwing shade. <laughs> pure shade on the Boyds. My God. With apologies to the Boyds. Uh, Ophira, you just said that being a human sucks. Uh, they wanted to know, um, would, you, like, would you rather be a robot and how much of a robot? 
<laughs> so you, can go, you, you, you can go as robotic as robotic as you want to full robot you could go robot arms you could go robot legs you could go robot brain robot hearts so yeah I'm, would you rather be a robot and how much of a robot like i am already per cyborg like you are I literally have... titanium i think yes. is the <laughs> I, I have like, that one, oh my god, you waited the whole show to make that one line. That was amazing. <laughs> very impressed. <laughs> I have titanium plates and screws in my spine. I have a steel stent in my brain. Um, on scans, I light up like a Christmas tree with all the metal inside me. And it's only a matter of time uh, before, you know, I get some more. So to me, like, I'm a I'm a big fan of introducing like cyborg robot elements. They've helped me. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I, uh, you know, I'm not full robot. That's a little bit <laughs> much, but like 20 to 30 percent. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm almost there. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm almost, like I, so I, I, when I was thinking about that question, I would almost go like, I'm a big fan of the idea that, you could put our brains in a jar and we could just be like online or whatever. Like, and then you could just be, as long as you could keep the brain alive, you'd be good to go. So I'm like, I would even go a hundred percent like personally. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, so I'm going to do a little callback and I would, I'm okay with being Nebula. Oh. <laughs> Cyborg eye action. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> just, a, just a little MCU callback. <laughs> yeah, but when Thanos hacks your Wi-Fi and then, you know, sees the old new Nebula from five years ago doing something crazy, we're all yeah. fucked. This yeah, is true, true. exactly. Right. But, but current... you know, some things you have to accept. But what I like about Nebula is that it felt like she still felt pain because I want to feel things. So I remember there's the scene where she gets taken apart and stretched. She yeah. feels it. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm, I'm, but yet when, you know, Tony, Tony Stark is talking to her, she's like, I'm having fun, <laughs> but she's not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say that that would be, that is, I think, especially now that we're like, as we progress and we're seeing all of these like cyber things, like that is the big fear, I think, of going going full robot is you're like, oh, I got, I got hacked. They're like, oh, your identity got stolen. You're like, no, my like whole robotic body. Got, yeah, got hacked. Got, yes. <laughs> you know, I mean? I'm just a brain sitting in a robot right now, and my body's just like smashing up my apartment because I had I got like a bad like spyware or something. Right. Like. <laughs> Which you know, when my wheelchair shuts down, when I'm halfway on the TTC subway, and oh. I'm sitting in it, it is exactly that feeling. Oh my god, not ideal. Would not recommend. Oh man, yeah, that that sounds. But oh. people get people get hacked too. Remember cults? True. That's true. Remember, remember cults. Culture's still happening. I mean, exactly. I, I really thought you were going to say call back to you being a Jehovah's Witness, but then I. Well, I well, did say you... remember cults. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She uh, did. <laughs> uh, and question five: What question do you want to ask our future guest without knowing who they are? Oh. Are we giving two questions, or do uh, usually do Ophira two? And like, Coco have to come up with one together. One, if there's one, like if you guys really agree to one that you're sure about, but with two guests, we usually will ask two questions, or it could be an A and a B okay. part. You guys, I feel like we can find a way to come figure. up with one together. 
I think so. What do you What do you want to talk about? Hmm. I mean, without knowing them at all. And we've yeah. had like a we've had uh, hot sauce makers on the show. We've had professional wrestlers. We've had musicians. We've had comedians. We've had uh, like comic book artists. We've had TV actors. So, okay, so see, like I like, really I like questions even... like I like questions that are based on mental freedom. So, okay. like, if you couldn't, if there were no judgment, and you could do any, like there are no rules what is the one something that you would do so Ophira, you can fill out the something mm, okay do you know what i mean yeah um i mean i feel like the simplest one is like what is the one uh like major law that you would break um, i like that yeah yeah if there were no consequences what is the one major law that you would break yeah yes wow is that, are you are you guys locked in? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Jesus like gracious, that. thanks. <laughs> I'm just saying because I'm gonna write Final it down. <laughs> I like that. Don't I don't even know the answer no to reason. that. I don't even know the answer to that for myself. It's a tough yeah. one. Yeah. You wanna you wanna float it? What is the one major law you would break? You know, it's so hard to answer this in 2020 without offending. Money, money laundering. <laughs> I would <laughs> for sure. Money laundering. Uh, some kind of money. I would well, just buy um, a printer and print it. I, was I gonna, would just do some kind of money thing. Yeah, it's for sure a cash thing. I was going to be like, uh, I'd make bank robberies legal, just for a day. Get get a score. Nobody gets hurt. You know, it's we're here for the bank's money, yeah. not yours. Uh, everyone get down. Uh, and uh, no consequences. Uh, yeah. You know. So, you know that. Have you seen? Uh, uh, I'm sure you guys have seen it, but uh, girls with the drag, girl with the dragon tattoo. Yes. I love that last scene where she goes and she just takes all of that guy's money. She goes to like the other bank and just does all the bonds. And then, if you've read the books, you know that she lives off of that money for the rest yeah. of the books. Yeah. That's what I would do. Hmm. I'm trying. I, so my brain is also going to money stuff, but I'm trying to think of. I was like, I feel that that that's like. I'm trying to think if there's some other thing that I could like transcend other than money. Sidebar, another option, another option, go into the nicest area that you could think of, knock on a door, kick that family out of that house, and that's your house now. Have a good day. <laughs> That'd be pretty fun. They have to have a pool. You just walk, okay. walk, in, walk so into Buckingham you... Palace, say, I own this. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Liz, I can go. Exactly. I so own this castle weird now. Thing- one weird thing that I've always wanted to do, and this is not about like crime or whatever, I've always wanted to kick somebody off their bike. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. It you seem... I was going to say, you're definitely not a, a troublemaker. I feel Chris Vendito has done this. In no, I haven't, but I, I almost doored a biker once, and I thought I was going to get like brought brought up like on like criminal charges like he was like in this city now we have a mayor who's very into bike riding and um so at this point it's like if you if you were to assault a bike rider you could you know do 25 25 to life wow. no problem. oh yeah no it's a intense here now we're like a bike okay, like, what would you do <laughs> i mean my mind went to property damage um okay. I, especially my dream has always been to just like attach some kind of 
like the attachment of a tractor to the footplate of my wheelchair. And then anytime I arrive somewhere, that's just, you know, it just has like two steps. Like it's just like almost there, but I can't get in. I just drive really fast. You can just bulldoze your way in. <laughs> exactly. I love that so much. And then I'm like, hello. Uh, yes, I would like a milkshake. Thank you so much. <laughs> I've come to your show. Just like. <laughs> Was the water free? Is the water free? Um, could just grab the water, no problem. I've, I've, I've got it though. I think, I think that um, if, and like the, in the broad sense, if I, if you could trespass kind of anywhere, like if you'd be like, Hey, Pentagon, what up? And just like, I could just walk in and just like scope out anywhere. Like, Oh, the pyramids and stuff like places you're absolutely not allowed to go. I'm like, I'm just going to walk in and just like, take a look. I'm not going to damage anything when I'm in there. Yeah. It's like an all access. Like I could trespass and get access to like any place on the planet. I think that'd be super fun. Like there was yeah, no but way. see if you money laundered, you could still do that. <laughs> you would have all the money to pay everybody Even if off. You had, like if you had all the money in the world, you don't get to go to like Tutankhamun's tomb. Like there's like there's stuff like there's. I'd pay somebody. <laughs> I <figured laughs> the other way to look at the question is also like because like break major laws. Like I would break gravity. Oh, I'm like over gravity. It doesn't work for me. Uh, you know, a big part of my like symptoms and things is just my body doesn't like it. Um, we could all just float. How nice would that be? Yeah. I would break time. If we're talking about breaking those kind of laws, I would break time. Now we're into Dr. Manhattan territory. Because one thing I loved about, uh, see, I don't even know about Dr. Manhattan, but I remember watching Dr. Strange recently and mm -hmm. I love that he one version of him could be sleeping and another one in another time is reading and i was like mm. what the yes. amount of books i would read <laughs> that's it yeah. i was like i would get so much done i, I guess do what, so much theory of relativity is energy conservation because i feel that if you break that law you just solve the planet's energy sort like solution right like if energy doesn't break down like if you're just sort of yeah. like I could just do this where you're like, ah, I spun a thing and you're like, and now this is perpetual energy, clean, free energy, like bang. <laughs> Whatever law of energy conservation, gone. Much more generous than exactly. uh, <laughs> <laughs> my self-centered approach. <laughs> that was really- All of us flying is cool too. <laughs> um, so how, just to wrap things Into up, how it. do we oh, watch? Oh, he froze again. He's so cute when he freezes. Look at him. Um, I still hear you. What? I know. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm dropping these gems for for not your benefit? That's true. System gets it. Uh, how do we see our cities, our stage? It's coming up. Uh, this comes out on August 6th. This comes starting tomorrow at 3 August 7th. August 7th. Yeah, so August 7th. Um, so... Sorry, there you go. Oh, no, I was just going to say it starts uh, August 7th at uh, 7 p.m. 7 p.m., I bet. Sad, the weekend start at 3. Something starts at 3. Yes. So for everybody who's registered, so you can go to baddogtheater.com slash O-C-O-O-S Acoos <laughs> in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see this is what happens when you're dealing with an improviser I remember jokes from like two hours ago um, so you can go to uh, baddocktheater.com slash okus2020 and uh, you can register and we will send everybody a link um, for the weekend mm -hmm. 
that's it. We have because we do have limited space on some of the some of the workshops and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but we're very excited. Oh, yeah, we're makes we're sense. actually like we're actually I think seventy five percent registered. Oh. So get on that, everybody. Yes. Get on it. So it is. So it's still limited. <laughs> so due to I guess. Like well, the- here's the thing, right? If we pass that, then. I always bow to make things accessible. So if we pass our 100% capacity, I will find another way to make it so that everybody else can watch it. Nice. So the best the best way to go is, like I said, join register Facebook group, register. And obviously, I saw there's also a donate link. Uh, yep. Because as we said, it is a charity. Yeah. Uh, anything else you guys want to, want to plug in? I mean, we already mentioned Slumber Party. We mentioned Bad Dog TV. Anything else okay. you guys want to plug ahead of that? Just come to our cities. Yeah, <laughs> come to our cities. Watch Bad Dog Comedy TV. Uh, we have shows every day, 4.30 and 9, 9.30. Different kind of shows, uh, talk shows. We have live podcast recordings, uh, shows like Summer Party, Table Reads. Um, variety for flavor, flavor for everybody. Chris, you have anything you want to shout out? Also, I don't know. This was great. I, I very much enjoyed uh, this podcast recording, and I usually don't like these at all. So, oh wow, <laughs> it's a mystery. It's a mystery why he does any of these. <laughs> we are the best. Let's just tell us we're the best. <laughs> we're the best. Oh, I, I, I really, uh, I you know, it's really cool that in in this in new quote unquote world, new normal, you guys have found a way to like make comedy for your you know for you and your in your your fans and make it better than it was before almost in like the excitement that you guys have about talking about this could only mean that the shows are going to be amazing. So uh, I wish you nothing but the best. And, and I hope this, this weekend goes off without, without a hitch and, you know, f- register and uh, take some of the classes. I'm actually interested in taking some of the classes. I was looking at the website before. Cause you can never stand up comedians can never have enough improv in their life. A lot of standups hate improv, but I, yeah. I, I, I did it. It's a long story. Uh, I did improv when I was younger, and I I love the I love the freedom you get with improv that you don't actually have with stand up, and there's a difference. And uh, keep killing it, keep killing it, girls. So you guys are doing great work. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. Go plug yourself. As always, a big thank you to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude for providing all of the original music for the show. We mentioned at the beginning of the show that we'd love for you to tell your friends about the show, and honestly, that's all you really need to do. But if you're feeling particularly generous, you can support the show financially and 9to5.cc in general by going to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. You can get early access to every episode of Go Plug Yourself and other perks too. Finally, if you or someone you know has a project they'd like to plug on the show, reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook by searching 9to5cc, and we're 9to5cc on Twitter also. If everything works out, you could be the next person to sit down with Walter and I and talk about horror movies or wrestling. And I mean, also the thing that you're trying to plug. 9to5.cc, podcasts, blogs, and comics, made in Montreal since 2011.